What's shaking, everybody? Welcome back to Her Ice. We're back on our normal time Wednesday. It's almost noon, so almost our normal time. We appreciate everyone kind of bobbing and weaving with the different publication days. Got a great show for you. We're going to discuss uh, head coach Steve Persian leaving the Breck Girls program midseason. We'll do a bit of a rankings rundown, review some big games, tell you about some upcoming games you should keep an eye on. We got some good news for you. We got some mitt bumps. We got a cage fogger. We got three questions. We've got a wrap up. So let's get rolling. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool. All about the bouncing master. Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit profession forget. Used to keep it cool. Todd, I don't know if we've ever started this show before noon, but it's eleven thirty two. Good for us. Let's give a little round of applause to ourselves. Oh, shoot. You're muted, aren't you? Okay, now you're unmuted. Let's give a round of applause to ourselves. Round of applause. There's three things I'm excited about. One, I'm excited about starting before noon. Two, I'm excited about the sunshine beaming in here at Studio 1A at YHH, home office. And three, I'm excited about your shirt today. It is... My shirt kicks ass today. Magically. I mean, but, but today. Whoops. Magically. No, that's right. I've heard the boys, and they use a lot worse swear words than that. But anyway, thanks for uh, joining us, folks. Um you're part of the Her Ice Experience, which is a podcast where we discuss topics focusing on Minnesota girls' high school hockey. Sometimes we talk about other high school or other hockey um, pieces. We talk about players, games, hot topics, anything related to the coolest game on ice. But the most importantly, we are sponsored by the guys on my hat, the Minnesota. The Minnesota. Oh, it's a great organization, a great little store. As the high school season is rock and rolling now, we're actually getting – Kind of on the downside of it, if it was. We're almost done, aren't we? we got about three weeks, I'd say. That bums me out, man. But you know what? The section's come on up, and you're still going, oh, I am still looking for that White Bear Mariner sweatshirt. <laughs> you can go to the Minnesota and locate in beautiful downtown White Bear Lake. Historic. Today would be great day to be walking around downtown White Bear, wouldn't you say? I'm going to make. I'm gonna confess something right now. I am quite literally buying something on the Minnesotan website right now. <sighs> Using Fresh. using the promo code YHH, they'll get you fifteen percent off. All right, so I'm, while, I'm excited about getting fifteen percent off. While he's uh, he's checking and clicking, I'm going to get us rock and roll a little bit, um, buying a little time for him. But um, obviously, the big news that popped out of uh, uh, the Minnesota girls' high school last night was the stepping down of Breck longtime coach Steve Persian. Um, stepping away before the game even got played last night. So, Peter, give us a little wrap of what's going on in uh, Golden Valley. Yeah, I I made the – if you want to get any sleep at night, don't check the girls' hockey hub before you go to bed. Uh, <laughs> I saw this probably around 10.30 last night. The story came out at 7.15 p.m. Nice work by Star Tribune, the Star Tribune's Dave Levake getting the story and throwing it out there. Uh, so Persian is stepping down. He led the Mustangs to back-to-back state championships. He took over uh, before the 2018-2019 season, taking over for Rhonda Curtin Engelhart, and she left to go coach the Whitecaps in the NWHL. Nice little step up for Miss Curtin, Eng- Mrs. Curtin Engelhart. Step up. So Persian takes over, wins back-to-back state championships, and team graduated last year's Miss Hockey Olivia Mobley. She is now at Quinnipiac, I believe. Uh, this season, the Mustangs are 6-4 and four and ranked number 4 in Class A. So it doesn't feel like the wheels are falling off the program, 
They're still super talented. Have they had some transfers out in the past couple of years? Yes. Find me a team in the top 10 in AA or the top 5 in A that hasn't had a transfer in or out over the last couple of years. So apparently Abby Roke, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Abby Roke and Leah Schwartzman were on the bench for the team's 4-0 loss to Benilde St. Margaret's last night. What I find interesting about that is that if you look at the State High School League's the website's page for Breck, there are six coaches listed. Five of them were not on the bench for the Mustangs. So Persian uh, assistants Mike Umland, Rob Rude, Paige Sorensen, and Allison Umland apparently weren't on the bench. You would think that the varsity assistant would take over with the head coach stepping down. But according to the Star Tribune article, um, the quote is, as well as the majority of the staff left the program. So things not all golden in Golden Valley. The school released a statement that said we are working hard on establishing the coaching team moving forward and are confident that our team's maturity, positivity, and talent will serve them well to navigate through this transition and the remainder of the season. Well, luckily for the Mustangs, there's not a whole lot left of the regular season before section playoffs, but an interesting development, no doubt. Yeah, interesting why you wouldn't just roll out the rest of the season you got. Like Peter said, you got uh, five, six games left. Um, not a bad team. I mean, like you said, they're going through some trials and tribulations. Obviously, f- you know, from Breck's perspective, not the numbers they would like to be. They'd rather be instead of at the four spot, you know, in the rankings, they want to be in number one spot. Um, yeah, it's interesting how you didn't ride the tide the rest of the season out. So, but uh, you know, I wish my trials and tribulations were being six and four and having. I believe, is it all of their loss? No, because they lost to Saga in the first game. Yeah. But three of their four losses have been against top, you know, seven class AA programs. I would be thrilled if I was a class A program and three of my four losses were against some of the best class 2A teams in the state. But, you know, some people's trials and tribulations are uh, apparently too tough to handle. First world problems. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the fir- if you've been to the Brett campus, you know it's the firstest of the first world problems. For sure. But you know what? Um, so whatever, uh, Steve, your next uh, adventure is, uh, we yep. wish you the best of luck. We and wish else. the best to the rest of the staff as well. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, good luck to Breck and, as they uh, kind of get through this little period and then uh, uh, continue on with the rest of the season uh, unscathed, hopefully. So let's uh, – speaking of unscathed, uh, <laughs> that's a good way to phrase the, the Peters' top ten from last week. Yeah. Uh, the double, you can basically say there was a couple swaps. And then, of course, the revolving door at uh, door number ten. So Peters, hit us up with the double A's. I'll hit you with Stillwater dropping to number eight this oh. week. The Ponies fall 4-3 to three in overtime against unranked Roseville. Uh, the shots on goal were 42-40 to 40 Stillwater. So if you had told me that Roseville beat Stillwater by one, I would have said, okay, maybe Stillwater outshot them a bajillion to eight. But not the case. 40 shots for the Raiders. Roseville took a 3-0 lead in the first period, and Ivy Ray scored in overtime to give the Raiders the win. Uh, the Raiders actually outshot the Ponies 23-9 in the first period, which I find very interesting. That's been a common occurrence with Stillwater. It has been, what, the last two weeks where they've given up early, early goals, and then they've got to come back and go into Gentry. They did that, but they came all the way back and won in overtime. Um, here's another case where they give up early goals and um, just cannot get all the way back. Uh, with the victory, so uh, Mira's just uh, the Mira and the girls are just not quite jumping out of the stable. <laughs> Can I say that? Blasting out of the gates, and that's not to say that they're not going to be just fine. I no. mean, they're ten one and one, 
it's not. It's a, it's a blip on the radar. I am surprised to see 40 shots out of Roseville, though. I watched them play against Wilmer earlier in the season. They look like a nice little team. I don't know if I ever expected them to put 40 shots on goal, but if the Raiders do anything, it's proved people wrong. Hey, it's better to get that loss now because late in about two weeks. They might see him again in sections. That's possibly. So Roseville can write that down, like pepper the goal and you'll be set to go. Yeah. But, anyway. but anyway, so, yeah, there was the one revolving door. The other one is the uh, old uh, Minnetonk and Benilde always swapping spots. And the reason they swapped is because they split. <laughs> split. they played and tied. Played and tied there. You know, all they do is just uh, play hockey games and then end up kissing a sibling. So, yeah. And I've tried to make this point in the last couple of rankings, staff rankings published every Monday morning. Um, the three through six spot in the Class 2A rankings, they're fairly interchangeable. It all depends on, you know, who gets hot that week and who's not hot that week. So I wouldn't read too much into being ranked three, four, five, or six. Just nice enough to be considered, Peter. It's just <laughs> nice to be considered. Well, Blaine is also considered this week. They move back to number 10. I, I want to put them higher. I really, really do. They beat Maple Grove one to nothing again for the second time this season. I know. Season. How about that? Yeah, we'll save, uh, we'll save our praise for Haley Hansen for a little, a little later in, in the show. Oh, look at that. Claude Julian got fired. The Canadian said, "Oh, Brian, where are you behind? That's that's way. That was like this morning. The news sorry, came out. I was meditating. I didn't look at the news this morning. That's fine. Your focus is on girls. Yeah, sorry, but I got distracted. Um, Easy peasy. Yeah. So one nothing went over Maple Grove. I can't put Blaine any higher though, because they average two goals a game. It's either Blaine or it's South Suburban. Whoever yeah. you want to put there. That's it's a revolving door. But no, I think it's I think it's the right spot. Because look, Centennial's at nine. Yep. And they're very similar to to Blaine. Maybe a little bit better, obviously, with the record, but you know. And I suppose Maple Grove's going, you know, they're you know, Blaine's probably going, wait a minute, how come we've beat Maple Grove twice and they're ahead of us? Because I think Maple well, I can't even say Maple Grove's a better team because they've lost twice, but losing two goals, two games by a single goal. I still think maybe two Grove. one of the top. I I'll say this right now. Probably one of the top five goalies in the state. Right, and it's not as if Blaine ran him out of the building. So no. overall, I think Maple Grove is a better team. I think that Haley Hansen just has the crimson number. Any given night, right? Any given night. Word. Maybe. All right, let's slide over the singles. Uh, about as much movement as an iceberg. <laughs> well, the icebergs are moving, though, because the earth is warming up and they're all melting and That's true. crashing into the ocean. Or they crashed but, uh, into the Titanic. Which, yeah, we'll say... Or the we'll Titanic say, crashed into the iceberg. But anyway... We'll say that there's as much movement in the Class A rankings as the iceberg that took down the Titanic, which is to say there was no movement. Everybody remains the same. It's another situation where a team might lose or a team might win but their body of work outweighs whatever happened this past week. So Gentry Academy stays at number one, Warroad at two, Chisago Lakes at three, Breck at four, Proctor Hermantown at five. I cannot push Proctor Hermantown above Breck based on strength of schedule. And we have to do a little clarification. Last week we made a little goof up. Did we? Yes, we did. So uh, Proctor Hermantown is I now, uh, I should double check this to make sure, because if they play last night, then I don't want to be incorrect about that. But um, Proctor Hermantown was undefeated when you put that ranking out. So I believe they're still, yep, they won last night. So now they're 9-0. and They're the only Class A team that's undefeated. 
Because last week we put Northfield into that category, and technically Northfield. Oh, Northfield lost? No, but Northfield remembers a double A. We always think they're a That's single. That's right. Remember, we always That's say right. they're a single, and they're actually a double Hold A. Hold on. Don't throw me under this no, bus I'm not, here. No, I'm I not. I know Northfield's a double A. Because we. Take the blame. Take it right now. I. Take it, I will mute you, I swear. <laughs> Take it right now. Me. You. Us. <laughs> You've been muted. Todd, admit that you were wrong last week about Northfield. I like to talk about the big games reviewing from last. I'll stop hitting the button. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's hit some big games from last sunshine week. Sunshine brings out the goofiness and all. So what we're going to do is we're going to quick little wrap of each one. The, the, we had four big games. There really wasn't a whole lot of big, big games last week. It was kind of a, a, a not a, a downer, but we were hoping for a little bit more. But anyway, we want to have a little uh, a little review of each game and then also kind of see how close we were in our standings And because me and Peter picked the games and the scores. Uh, to see how close you were. But anyway, as Peter mentioned before, uh, Haley Hansen had another big game as they shut down. Uh, she shut down by herself. Uh, Maple Grove on Friday night with a one nothing victory for the Bengals. Haley with 43 saves on the night. Um, the, uh, I don't want to say the tale of, of two two games here, but uh, you know, a scoreless first period, and then the, uh, Maddie Andre scored the lone goal uh, in the second period for Blaine. And guess who got the only assist on the goal? Haley Hansen. Of course she did. Number 33. Of course. Of she course. does everything for this Bengal squad. Everything. She's figuring, okay, guys, I tell you what, I'm going to stop everything. <laughs> you guys go get me one goal. Just give me one goal. And then if you can't give me a goal, I'm going to do something about getting that goal. So she definitely was. <laughs> um, she does everything but drive the bus. She was what? I was kind of peeking this a little bit to see if there was a reason why. You know, I mean, obviously this, the... Um, you know, sometimes you take a look at the penalties. They're like, "Holy cow, Maple Grove!" And they had three penalties in the game. Not really, not really horribly bad. Blaine had two, so it was just a matter of that. It was just too much Haley Hansen, and she is shutting down uh, the Crimson. You know, the yeah. mighty, mighty Crimson. You know, That's when what you, she does. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so kudos to her and uh, the big win for Blaine on Friday night. Yeah, for sure. Let's move on to Breck and Blake. We just mentioned. Uh, uh, the Breck situation a little bit beforehand, but this is a, a nice win for the Mustangs, topping Blake 2-1. to one. You know, we said last week, you throw the records out when these two teams meet. The rivalry makes it worth paying attention to, even if neither team is where they typically are at this point of the season. Breck's Sarah Peterson makes 40 saves on 41 shots. Dylan Berman and Ava Lindsay score in the third period. Berman's goal coming with 3.43 to play in regulation, and Lindsay's coming with 2.31 to go in the third period for the win over the Bears. 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 Kylie Gage at the lone goal for the Bears. Throw it out there. Hey. Perfect. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because we this was a big game, but still, these two was not the epic game as we always yeah, expected it's, it's to be. It's not the number one Class A versus the number two or number no. three Class AA team. But still, a good, okay, a good rivalry game for both squads. Yeah. Bragging yeah. rights in the B land. I would say that they're the class of the IMAC. Yes, <laughs> we are champions of the intercollegiate or inter. It's, I think it's the inter. Is it inter? Interscholastic. No. I don't know. Oh uh, well. Well, why don't you tell Whatever. us more we'll about the uh, the <laughs> next game? The another which is becoming a an epic battle between these two squads is becoming a nice little rivalry between Minnetonk and Benilde. Right. It is a nice little rivalry. Blah, 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 rivalry between Tonka and Benilde. The teams play to a one-one tie in St. Louis Park on Saturday afternoon. 
I would venture to guess that the Saturday afternoon sleepies kind of played a role, at least early on. It looked like sleepy, sleepy. the first period the teams might have been a little bit sluggish. Uh, really physical game. It's nice to see the officials let the teams play. When you've got two teams that are so good defensively and, for lack of a better term, don't like each other, it's nice to see them have the freedom to take some liberties along the boards uh, with some physical play. But a one-to-one tie between the teams. Grace Sedour, the only goal for Minnetonka, and Annie Juckiness. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Annie Juckiness, the goal for Benilde St. Margaret's. And just to answer a question that was beating on everybody's brains out there, beating. the IMAC stands for the Independent Metro Athletic Conference. Well, I can rest easy tonight. Now I know what the IMAC stands for. You can. And <laughs> here I thought it was just a device that I hold in my hand. Last game that we talked about last week uh, was the Burnsville-Eastview game. Uh, that was where Eastview had beat Burnsville before, and that's where I had jinxed my, my lady uh, Blaze and uh, put him in an Ofer uh, run for a bit. But this is How one. could you? Well, I did, and I'm ashamed of myself right now. But anyway, in this game is where Burnsville flexed their muscles, and that's a, really what they did. They came out. Actually, it was a scoreless first period. Sammy Bowlby um, came up really, really strong. She scored the only goal of the of the second period, actually late in the second period, to take that one nothing. You know that uh, that nice lead to take into the locker room. Um, Sammy Bowlby is a Quinnipiac uh, commit. She's only a junior this year, uh, but then Burnsville flexed the muscles in the third period by scoring three flex, and that really that turned the tides as they had a three nothing lead. Eastview scored late. Uh, in the last minute to make it 3-1, but then an empty netter made it 4-1 as a final. Uh, saves for the game was Maria Whedon. She had 32 saves. Whedon likes Sweden. Sweden, yes. It'd be cool if she was from Sweden. She has some uh, um, Swedish heritage, if I can, some Nordic uh, heritage. That'd be pretty sick. I think so. Uh, Eastview's goalie was Angie Lombardi, who had 21 saves on the night. Um which, if you look at that, that doesn't – oh, that's right. Oh, I, I see it. It's my my fr- my – Mistake here. Burnsville had two empty net goals that evening. So they scored at the uh, 15-33 mark, an empty netter, and then they scored the last after uh, Eastview scored and made oh, it 3-1. So two uh, empty I was netters. like, whoa, two empty netters in one game. That's almost like an NHL thing where the guy pulls the net after, you know, there's three minutes left. and they Patrick Waugh pulling the goaltender with 12 minutes left. Marquee that move. Now it's the cool thing to do. Now it's the hip thing. I think, I th- actually, I think it's on the way down. I think guys are going back to traditional, or not guys, I should say, but most coaches, I think, right now are going back to the traditional minute, minute and a half, I think, with pulling the goalie. But Fair enough. Anyway, the the Maverick is out of the NHL right now. I wonder what he's <laughs> up to nowadays. Uh, I don't I know. know. Where, Bullying where his way up? out of a Canadian program or organization. Could be. Or like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike... Uh, it's going out to uh, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, uh, Bob Babcock, who's going to be coaching. Mike Babcock, the University of Saskatchewan. Yes. Very cool. See? Very All right. Cool. Sorry we got a little off track there. So, anyway, let's That's talk okay. a little bit. You're, our... you're here for the full ride, folks. Uh, you're going to get every spectacle you possibly. Did you hear that Cloud Julian got fired? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I... Oh, our picks from last week was as such. Uh, in the Maple Grove Blaine game, Peter picked a 3 nothing game, and Todd picked a 4-2 victory for the Crimson. Both of those got shot down quickly. Uh, in the Minnetonka game, Todd picked the Skippers one nothing. Peter picked Benilde 2-1. Over Tonka? Yes. I think I was closest then. Closest uh, to the hole. Closest to the pill in a tie. 
Uh, Ty kind of shoots us both off the win. Both of us said that Breck was going to win. He said 4-1. I said 5-1. And then the Burnsville game, I had the Blaze winning 3-2. Peters had a shutout for Miss Maria Whedon. He had a 2-0 victory. So there is a little... Uh, it's a little juice. A little juice so that you guys juice for your think Wednesday that we're, morning. you know, we just put it on paper and don't talk about the next week, so we're bringing it back. But bringing <laughs> it back is going to be a matchup that uh, we're both really excited about because we've been kind of waiting for this one. We've been seeing Benilde, 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 Dine, 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 and guess what? There is going to be a play. rumble at the Braemar on Thursday, and I think this is kind of an interesting one because it seems within the last couple of years there's been a nice little pipeline of Edina girls or people that have been going over to Benilde. So this is going to be, uh, you know, hey, we remember we used to play together, U10s, U12s, <laughs> and then you left me and uh, you went to the red and I'm still green. So, um, But that should be a, a definitely a barn burner between two top 10 teams. I have a feeling that it might Two top five teams. Two top five? Yeah, let's put the top five. Two top in there. five teams. So... Uh, it's only going to help Benilde, obviously, because they're looking, uh, you know, to grab the number one section seed, which I'm sure they're going to have for sure. Yep. But teams uh, met on Tuesday, February 16th. Edina eked out a two nothing win over Benilde. Two third period goals from Lauren Zawoyski. It's her first varsity season. One of those goals coming on in empty net. Goalies were the studs in these games. Uma Cornier, 32 saves for the shutout for the Hornets. Carly Green, 26 saves on 26 shots for the Red Knights. Oof. Oh, gosh dang. I got my paper. I'm assuming we got to pick them, right? Well, yeah, of course we do. Do you want to pick each time or do you want to just go back as we go? No, let's uh, let's pick each game. I'm going to take Edina in this one. You are going to take Edina. Of course I'm going to take Edina. I know you're going gonna... to. I can't bet against the Hornets again. I picked them to lose in the section playoffs, was it two years ago? When And then they went on to win their third straight title so i'm done looking stupid not betting against on betting against the hornets you've never looked stupid you've looked silly yeah. but never looked stupid um i i don't want to but i think right now just the way benildas and and we've said this once before they are a defense oriented team and i just don't see the defense beating edina's offense in this case so i can easily see this being i would say i think edina is probably going to beat them for nothing Four no. Oh, we're picking picking well, scores. Yeah, too. it adds to the, the okay. mix. The mix of it. I'll say I'll say three to one at Dinah. Okay, good. That's a good good call. Uh, the next game that we think is going to be a big one coming up is on Friday night. A nice battle up there in the Northwest Suburban. Oh it's going to be this, oh, Huskies taking on the Crimson. So the Crimson are now they don't have much of a chance to uh, uh, get past the loss that they had against. Blaine, where now they're going to take over uh, number one Andover. As my screen is refreshing, this is still going to be a battle. Uh, last time these two took um, the ice against each other was the end of January, where Andover beat them 7 nothing. That was in Andover, so Maple Grove could have a little home ice advantage. I see a head shaking for my Aztec friend. Um, Aztec shirt-wearing friend. Uh, I think I have to agree with him, but I want to hear his analysis on why he thinks the Crimson have no shot in this game. The Huskies didn't only beat the Crimson 7 to nothing in the last game. They outshot them 47-14. to I don't care what sort of home ice advantage you have. You could take a chunk of asphalt <laughs> to Andover skate blades before the game. Doesn't matter. The Huskies have outscored their opponents 97-2. to this season, those numbers may be a little inflated playing a couple of teams that they might not normally see during the regular season. Some of those, um, 
lower tier. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. Lower tier Northwest Suburban Conference teams, but 97 to two, the Huskies. They look unbeatable at this point. Remember last week I said Andover, Edina, and Proctor Hermantown would be the three teams at the end of the season undefeated. I still believe that's true. I will take Andover nine to nothing. Ouch. Wow. Sorry, Maple Grove. You're one of my personal favorites, but I can't uh, I can't help you here. Uh, I'm I'm not going to go that heavy. I'm going to say just another seven. Uh, you know what? I'm going to change a little bit. I'm going to say 7-1. I'm going to say that you're going to eke out a goal, um, but still I think Andover is going to be too tough for you. I, wow. Uh, Take I, you to Vegas next week for well, those odds. Well, I'm just trying to be I'm trying to be kind and anyway. Um, <laughs> kind and generous. Kind and generous, something like that. So, all right, the last game that we think would be kind of an interesting, if not tantalizing game to view or be a part of is going to be the Eastview Lakeville South game. Reason it's a big one because currently right now we got in the, um, the Southeast Conference or Black and Blue Conference. Um, Burnsville is sitting up atop. They've been hot with three wins in a row, and there's right behind him is the Lakeville South at 8-2-1, and one, and then you have Eastview, who's 7-3-1. and one. So uh, Eastview has been a little bit of a, a downer lately. They have, after they lost to uh, uh, Burnsville, which was actually the uh, – they actually got Shakopee did not happen last night. So they didn't lose last night. Um, that's just one of the, the weird games. I think there was six of them last night that I counted that were either canceled or postponed. Uh, so kind of a weird night in in girls hockey. But uh, does Eastview have a chance against Claire Enright and the Cougars? Eastview's beaten Lakeville South twice this season. They beat them 6-4 to four in the season opener on January 16th, and then they beat them one to nothing a month later on February 16th. You know what they say. It's tough to beat a team three times. I think that top line from Lakeville South, Taylor Otremba, Ryan Wright, and Claire Enright, I think they're too much to handle for the Lightning. I'm going to take Lakeville South. Four to two. Four to two. Wow. That's a good score, huh? That's a really good score. Um I want to. I'm leaning toward Eastview just to be difficult with you, but seeing that they've lost three of the last four, they're kind of on the downswing after winning five in a row. And uh, they've lost to Rosemont. They lost one nothing to Farmington. They did beat Lakeville South. Um, so uh, I'm sorry, am I looking right here? Yeah, Eastview. So um, I I just I am having a tough time taking Eastview in this win because they're a little bit of a swoon. And I, I mind you, if they could win this game, they put them back in the in the driver's seat, get them back up. And obviously, momentum as they're going into the rest of the season, it's going to be all. I mean, they're playing Orno last tonight, which is kind of interesting that they they jumped out of the South Suburban Conference for one game. That might be their only non-conference game. If I look through the roster, that's the only non-South Suburban game is the Orno game tonight mm. in Orno. So yeah, I'm not making it out to that one. No, I don't think so. I'm taking Lakeville South. I'm going to say it's a little closer than Peter said. I'm going to say it's, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say two to one. I think it's going to be a little battle. Two one Lakeville. Two one. Two one Lakeville South is going to win that game. So. That isn't the most South Suburban Conference score ever. That's what I'm here for. That's just that's what I'm here for. That's All insane. Right. Uh, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk a little college hockey now. Um, we don't get a lot of college hockey conversation, but when we do, we get excited about it. And this one kind of broke through yesterday as a big uh, piece within the um, the big circuits. As I am incredibly excited about You should this. be, as, as everybody should be really excited about this one. And, then, and the reason we're excited is because ESPN is going to present all three games of the 2021 Women's Frozen Four 
in Erie, Pennsylvania on one of their channels. Yeah. So ESPN obviously has a network of channels, you know, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN3, ESPNU, ESPN, the Ocho, yes, uh, broadcasting dodgeball finals. But it appears that ESPNU will host the second semifinal on March 18th and the national championship on March 20th. The game on March 18th, the second semi is at 7. The championship on March 20th is at 7.30. The first semifinal on March 18th will be at 2 p.m., and it will be on ESPN3. All of the games will be available on the ESPN app. I am excited about this for two reasons, Todd. Reason number one? Everyone uses streaming now. Okay? Yep. There aren't a ton of people who turn on their regular old TV and think, I really enjoy having Dish Network. In fact, I don't think anybody says they enjoy having Dish Network. I have Xfinity, and it works for me. Okay. Hey, that's how you watch Fox Whatever. Sports Network. You're the, you're the exception, not the rule. My Thank point you. is that being on ESPN3 and being on ESPNU is not the death sentence that it used to be. ESPN3 and ESPNU used to be where ESPN stuck their their Division Three water polo championship coverage. Mm-hmm. No, no, not this time. We're oh, putting no. NCAA Division One women's Frozen Four on ESPN3 and ESPNU. And it's nice to see college hockey back in the spotlight on ESPN. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come for the sport and the network after a bit of a messy divorce coming out of the lockout in uh, for the 2004-2005 season. So hopefully um, feelings can be repaired between ESPN and the sport. You were just in – that was a question I was going to have in my mind because I thought of that and then I forgot about it and then I rekindled my thoughts when you said that. Like when did ESPN last have hockey? I, I went off you, the top of my head. It was right after the lockout, and the NHL went with Versus, which I have no idea what happened to Versus. I don't know if it got absorbed by a bigger network. I don't know if whoever was running it got bored and just folded the network. I don't know what happened. I remember my dad complaining about it a lot. ESPN broadcast the NHL from 1992 to 1993 season through the 2003-04 season with the league serving as a major part of the then ESPN dose. But the NHL lockout wiped out the 04-05 season. ESPN declined, that is in bold, declined to pick up its option for the 05-06 season or to match Comcast's three-year $200 billion, sorry, just million offer. So... So it's been a long time since hockey's been on there. It's been a while. Hopefully ESPN brings their professionalism and their resources to the broadcast. I know. Who's going to be some good? Are they going to bring some college analysts and, and well, play-by-play? I hope it's A.J. Molesk. A.J. for sure. I but hope yeah, it's A.J. Molesk. Yeah, but A.J.'s been locked into the Islanders and NBCSN, so I, those are going to be two different entities or two different families you know, within their world. Yeah, I can then, see. I I. I hope it's not Steve Levy and Barry Melrose. <laughs> That's mean. Barry Melrose is a super nice guy. I know, but it's he also brings eyeballs. But I, I do, I do like, I, I do like those two. I just, I think in if you want to have the college uh, gals, uh, women's college game, you should have people that know college women. I think that's Women's a college game. I think that's a fair point, but I would also want someone that is going to draw people in. People, for all of his faults, Don Cherry drew eyeballs. Barry Melrose with the hair and the suits and his, yes. you know, his general demeanor. He brings eyeballs. So this is a little bit. You obviously you want people who know the game and who know the teams, 
but this is also the best advertisement women's college hockey has had in how long. So let's take advantage. Take advantage of the spotlight. If that means putting a Barry Melrose type or maybe even I'm trying to think of somebody else who would draw eyeballs, John Tortorella, but he's an actual hockey coach now. He's not yeah. on the network anymore. You would have but people throw somebody, televisions or phones out across the room. But somebody like that who will draw in the casual hockey fan, I'm in favor of that. Yeah, that's a good point. You are. Uh, I think right now you have to get away from the purists and the old school hockey people going. Wow, well, I just want to watch a game. I want a smart hockey person. No, I know you no, want no, that, no, but no. the way that twenty twenty one is living right now, you have to get those ratings. You have to get the viewers up. And the sport has been a dinosaur forever. So this would be a nice time to uh, leave the Jurassic period, if you know what I'm saying. I hear you. We need a fresh brontosaurus. A fresh brontosaurus. What? Pterosops. A fresh brontosaurus. Brontosaurus. You know, you know what I just thought of? I just thought of Braun, like the razor company. Oh. They're fresh. They're fresh. A fresh brontosaurus. Oh, yeah. I was thinking brontosaurus. Look like that. You know. Full circle. Yeah, I like that. That was a beautiful circle. <laughs> hey, speaking of circle, um, let's uh, switch gears again. We love switching gears back and forth. And uh, this is a segment that we like to talk. Uh, we usually like to call this mitt bumps. But this week, we're switching up a little bit. We're going to focus on that that circle, which is actually the same shape as a zero is made. Well, no, technically, I think no, a, zero I think is more a zero is more like a it is oval. It is true, but the the logic I'm going through is that we're going to focus on goalies for our not mid bumps this week, but they're the catching glove fives because we want to talk about um, some goalies have done some great things in the last couple, well, last last week, and I want to make sure that you know about these folks because. Um, they're doing some tremendous things in the world of goalies, Minnesota high school girls hockey, and goalies, especially bringing factories. Especially Minnesota is becoming a goalie factory as of late. The one that we're going to jump on right away first is going to be uh, sophomore sensation at Blaine Haley Hansen. I think we haven't talked about her once or twice or three times on the show. Probably a dozen. But the reason I want to bring her up is because she's playing extremely well. That's what I want to bring her up. Uh, yeah. She did have a little setback two weeks ago. She, they lost up. She lost to Elk River. Gave up four goals, but since she has dusted herself off, she has the big shutout win against Maple Grove with forty three saves. Nothing to to uh, blink her eyes at. And then right after that, then she shut down Anoka Spring Lake Park with thirty one saves and only gave up one goal. So really, um, if you figure out those numbers, it should be around 98% that she's stopping, if my math is correct. 0.948 with four shutouts. There you go. Thank so you. Uh, so kudos to Haley and her back-to-back wins is uh, getting the, the Blaine Bengals back on their winning ways. Back on top. They are. Another one I want to bring you up to par about that maybe you probably haven't to, and, and you cannot uh, say 507 without talking about another O. <laughs> and that is Owatana. And is Owatana. Let's tell you about Ava Wolf. Check out this slash line for the junior goaltender for the Huskies. 10 and 1, a 1.00 goals against, a .930 save percentage, and four shutouts. She has played every game. She's played every minute for your Big Nine Conference leading Huskies. What more can you say about that? Yes, people can rip on the 507 and go like, well, competition is... Todd will fight you if you rip on the 507. I would like to fight you. I really would. But, you know, uh, 8 nothing over Century, 6-1 over Mape, uh, Rochester Mayo, 5-1 over Arbery, 10 nothing over Winona. That's her last four games that she's played well. So guess what? If your team is scoring goals for you, your job as a goal is to do what? Is to stop the other team. Stop the puck. So as long as you're stopping them, then everything is good to go. 
So obviously doing that. Um, last nice. but not least. Yeah, we got a duo that you're pretty I know, excited the about. The duo. So, you know, we're always looking at because right away I'm thinking, okay, I've got to focus on I got to focus on a score because we've talked about two goalies right away, right away. and then I'm thinking, okay, I, got, I can talk about uh, Cameron Van uh, Batavia for Laverne, but guess what? She's putting up unbelievable <laughs> numbers. Again, people are going to rip on the 507, but here's another thing. Not only are they pitching shutouts, but it's a two-headed monster down in Laverne land. So here it is, Cheyenne Schultz and Mallory Von Terish. They're both splitting time. Cheyenne is 5-1. and one. And Valerie, uh, Mallory, I'm sorry, is four and one. They both have got four shutouts, both of them. They're shutting down the house. Cheyenne has got a save percentage of 952 with only given her GAA is only one. And Mallory, she has a 949, and she's got a GAA of 0. .80. So they're doing, they doing everything to shut out. And what the thing that really popped my eyes, kind of, you know, I want to say one thing led to another, uh, would popular band fix talked about that but the last five games that Laverne has played they have not given up a goal they have not given up a goal since they lost to Dodge County on February 5th wow the scores have been a little lopsided but again you are shutting down everybody and they've actually blanked Worthington twice with some lopsided scores I yeah. won't go into scores because it's it makes it look worse but the point is the wall down at Laverne is shutting down everybody in the 507 and the big south conference Thanks. and so kudos to uh, Miss Schultz and Miss Von Terrace. Uh, Terrace, I hope I'm saying that right. The Cardinals hitting <coughs> Cardinals. The Cardinals hitting double digits in their last five games. You can only play who you play, though. They don't. The kids don't make the schedule. All you can ask them to do is go out there and stop the puck. So to Cheyenne Schutz and Mallory Van Tersch, congratulations. Keep on trucking. Mitt bump. Mitt bump. Goalie high five. All right. Uh, I got something on my chest I want to get off, uh, and I just got this. Some as, dog hair, too. Um, yeah, I got hey, some dog. You got dog hair in your t-shirt, bro. I got some fur. Thanks. I, I tried using. There's not a lint brush here at the <laughs> office, and so I'm trying to use the best I can. We're, we're high class here. At Super high class next Super to high Mr. Class. Aztec. Um, right, anyway. I'm going to uh, let you roll. All right. So here's my roll. Um, boys or girls game doesn't make a difference. When you are at a hockey game, and we're going through our tough times, and I know things are getting better, and we've been able to open up a little bit more here and there. But the point is, the kids are playing. The rinks are doing their best to get the people to play. When you come into someone else's house, and we've mentioned this once or twice, or maybe we've done it on 10 minutes, what have you. I always like to say is the best is like when you are a guest at somebody's house, you don't come into their house and make rules. For example, if I go to Peter's house, and his rule is, to take off your shoes. It's not. I'm going to take <laughs> off my shoes because that's Peter's rule, unless he says otherwise to me. So the reason I bring this up is last night, a perfect situation is uh, I was at um, my son's game, and I talked to one of the rink guys came through, and he was talking about the other team. He said, oh, boy, they're just kind of a, a pain in the butt. And I said, well, what did they do? I said, is it because they're the fan section? There's a student section right behind me. He goes, oh, it's not them. They said they're all student managers. I'm like, all 12 of them are student managers? Sure, they have all got clipboards. But the part that he mentioned that kind of bugged me and that fogged my cage was the fact he said that they were yelling. That when they came in, they were told and uh, – they were told in the email, this is what they said to the rink attendant, who not only is the rink attendant, but this person runs the rink. This person is in charge of the ice of the rink. So she knows everything about that rink that needs to be known. 
And if you don't like your role, too bad, so sad. But they basically were screaming at her, saying that we had an email said that we have to be there. We are allowed to be in the rink at 630. Now, folks, when you come in and you are fully dressed and you know the rules of the rink, and I know every rink's a little different. Some have their locker rooms available and some do not. We can go in that whole battle about that. But the fact is, when you go to a rink and they say you can come in the rink 15 minutes ahead of time and you have to be fully dressed, except for your skates and, you know, the, the usual, but you're saying that I have an email that says I can be here at 630, and then you continuously push the buttons and yell at the person, not just discuss, not just to uh, conversate about the difference of what I got for an email, and you're also 16, 17 years old. Give me a reason why that you need to yell at the rink staff who are, quote, doing their job, doing what they're told to do and what they think is best or what they've been told to do to keep the rink open. You are not going to come into someone else's house and say, I don't like the fact that you turn all your lights off when I come in the house. I, when I come into your house, even though you pay the electric bill, I'm going to turn every single one of your lamps on, every one of your lights on, and every one of your hallway lights on. No, there's no reason to come into their house and to scream and yell at people because there's a difference of opinion. It doesn't even sound like there's a difference of opinion. It just sounds like the people doing the yelling were just flat out wrong. There's also a way to go about it. You pull, pull up the email, show the person and say, hey, this is what we got. Is your rule different? okay, can we find some common ground here? Is there an area of the facility that we can go to? If you're showing up 45 minutes before your game and you're fully dressed, what are you actually doing? Are you just going to sit there and sweat for 45 minutes before you can go onto the ice? Are you going to play hacky sack in your shin pads and, and your shoulder pads? This should not be new, people. We've been doing this for how long? How is this new for some of you? And the sad answer is that it's not new. People just don't want to do things. People don't want to be uncomfortable. People don't want to follow the rules. People think it's stupid. People think COVID doesn't exist. People think that the rules don't stop anything. It, it, it is the most frustrating part of our job is watching how people treat arena staff. The arena staff did not come up with these laws. The arena staff did not come up with these rules. They want to keep their job. They want to keep the facility open. So meet them halfway. It cannot be that hard. It can't. For some people, maybe it is. It's extremely. And, I, and there are people I know that will flourish on confrontation. You are frustrated with a situation. And mind you, sometimes Peter will come to the office with something on his mind. Sometimes I will come <laughs> to the office with something on my mind. But... Our focus in as being human being is not to bring that and to drop it on somebody else's day. We have a sunshiny day here in Bloomington. If my dog had a horrible day at the office at home, I'm not going to come and I'm not going to ruin Peter's day because of that. Cool. Or even if I don't agree with what he did last night or wh what rules he says, if he comes in and says, hey, Todd, I know we're doing a podcast today, I'd really appreciate it if you would not wear that hat. And I would say, well, Peter. Let's discuss why you don't like the hat, <laughs> even though it's a pretty sick lid, as are one of our proud sponsors, Minnesotan. But, again, it's just having just that decency to discuss and talk instead of screaming and yelling. That's not going to solve anything. No, so, and it'll hamper you as you gonna, go through life. And it's going to make you look like a donkey. It is going to make you look like a donkey. There is an asterisk next to that school when they decide to come to Bloomington. You are a donkey. 
I don't. Your think, kids are donkeys. I don't think people realize how small the hockey world is in Minnesota. People talk. Teams, programs, and associations pick up reputations, whether that's fair or not. Maybe you're having a bad day and you overreacted to something. But seriously, don't overreact where it shouldn't be overacting. Grow up, please. Grow up. All right, let's grow, shall we? Let's grow. Let's grow with knowing more about Peter than you have known before. I'm we, wearing a cool shirt. That's we all know, you need to know we know Peter really well, but now we have that chance to get to know him just a little bit better. All right. So, Peter, first question is, what or who is your favorite Sesame Street character? <laughs> I didn't know you were going to spring this on me. Well, yes. Uh, of course. It says it right oh there. SS. Sesame Street was a huge part of my life. I love Sesame Street. I think Sesame Street is one of the greatest things America has ever come up with. It's right up there with beer brats and the original idea of America. But if I had to pick one Sesame Street character, I think I'd pick Snuffleupagus. Oh. Big Bird's friend. And Snuffleupagus was always just like the sweetest thing, and he was always kind of bummed out. But Big Bird would always try to help him out. So I think I would I would want to hang out with Snuffleupagus because I want to make him feel better. I thought for sure you can go with Big Bird. I thought you're all about uh, no, Big I do, Bird I and do Radar. I do love Big Bird. I, I do love Big Bird and Radar. We also talked about the count uh, yes. before the show. We did. So and how we count to one, <laughs> two, three, three bats. Ah, 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 ah. I have the microphone and I control the mute buttons, so you know what? I can do whatever I want. Yes. Question number two for Peter. Peter, what is your favorite number between zero and nine? Zero and nine? Yep. Single two. digit. Two? Why two. two? It was the number. So my one of my best buddies in high school, Nick Tapio, who will never hear this, but what's up, dude? I love you. <laughs> Nick Tapio, who was a year ahead of me at St. Bernard's, he wore number two for his entire hockey career. When I got to be a senior and he left, uh, I took number two uh, as you know, a little buddy connection. Sure, so sure. I wore number two. Uh, I finished second on the team in assists, so everybody can chew on that. Uh, but number two is my favorite number. Number two. Number two in our hearts. Well, actually, number one in our hearts, but number two on the jersey. I can be number two in your hearts. That's fine. You have a wife. True. I and would hope I'm number two in your heart. <laughs> no, I'd hope I'm, like, number, like, 11. But top, anyway. ten, top ten for sure. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, question number three for Peter. What is your least favorite hockey jersey? In the NHL or just in general? Overall. Let's say. I'm gonna oh, put, let me put it in perspective. Let's say you and I had a bet. And say, for example, say we bet on a hockey game and the loser had to wear the hockey jersey of your least favorite team. Collegiate, youth, high school, doesn't make a difference. What jersey would you be like, oh, my God, I have to wear this for 24 hours? My least favorite team? Well, least favorite jersey. Least favorite jersey. The jersey that I see that just makes me... In my childhood, it would have been the University of Minnesota. That's true. I hated the Gophers when I was a kid. But if I had to pick one, oh, man. It would be the um, the Vancouver Canucks jerseys from... The Flying Vs? No, I like those ones. Good. It's the one with that stupid whale. Oh, the Orca? That may, yeah, the Orca. I hate that one. Introduced with Mark Because they Messier. were the Wild's rival yes. in the early 2000s. And they were always such jerks. I hated Brent Sopel more than I hated... Oh, Sopel was, was a... Yeah. Wasn't I he did, a transplant from like Chicago, too? That was added. Wasn't he from 
wasn't he Blackhawks as well? I have no idea. I, tried. I mean, he might be a very nice guy in real life, but, you, you know, 11-year-old me hated Brent Sopel. I did dislike the Blackhawk, which was also on the North Dakota. I just could not stand. I mean, it was very really? similar. Well, they own one of those. I know you do. And that was just a, a, the jersey because it, it, it looked at my face. And I was like, <laughs> oh. Because I grew up hating the Blackhawks because I was a North Star fan. And then, of course, I was a Gopher fan, so I hated the Sioux. So, so. Wow, we have something to fight about later. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but if I had to wear a North Dakota jersey for a day because I lost a bet, that would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt. I would hate that more than wearing a Green Bay Packer jersey, that's for sure. For sure. All right, All right folks. Well, I think we made it. I think we made it. We definitely did. And we made it so long, even my computer decided I'm going <laughs> to zip, wow. zip out. But that's the fun. I, I love playing the uh, should I plug it in game. Yeah. But anyway, I'd like to thank Peter again for his 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 personal ability his research, his love, and also for the Aztec shirt. It's made today's thank you. podcast one of the favorites so far today. Thanks for having me, bro. Uh, and uh, we want to make sure, and thank you folks for listening to Her Ice, because it's not his ice. And it never will be. So take care of each other. Please, please, please take care of each other. Be nice to each other. We'll talk to you real soon. Used to keep it cool. Used to be a fool. All about the bouncing master. Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool.